So really the thoughts that we have about money and the fewer biases we have, the better off we are financially. Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Your Retirement Elevated. Well, hey there. Welcome back to another edition of Your Retirement Elevated. Walter Storholt here with Scott Dugan, co-founder, managing partner at Elevated Retirement Group, serving you in the KC metro area, but with clients all across the country. And you can find us online at listentoscott.com. Scott, great to be with you this week through the snow and the ice. It, it couldn't stop you from getting into record today got in here. This is the earliest we've ever recorded a podcast, <laughs> I'm happy to say. Uh, and so, yeah, look, looking forward to it. We're trying to thaw out and dig out of the big uh, storm that we had, but uh, we're going to soldier through. Welcome to the Before 8 a.m. Recording Club, my friend. Yes. yes. And so my voice sounds a little more Barry Whitish this morning. That's what I sound I like, like early. I mean, this, this may have to be a change <laughs> that we implement going forward. I think our audience is going to enjoy this. We may need, need to change the uh, audio, the track to the musical track to this. There you go. Yeah, I, up a little bit. I, I, can, I can make some adjustments to your uh, keep keep talking, Scott. I'm going to turn your high levels up here a little bit. Welcome to the Elevator Retirement Group <laughs> podcast. No, it didn't. It didn't do anything. You were just you're so naturally talented with a deep voice now that uh, even with post manipulation, I couldn't change it. So. All right. Well, we'll just go with what we what we have. Fantastic. Well, uh, we're going to kick it off with a uh, great topic on today's show. This one, I know, Scott is going to be right up your alley because we've kind of talked about some things like this before on the show in the past. And, uh, and I know you love kind of looking at that, the mental side of investing and planning and sort of that you know, philosophical, psychological element uh, that kind of comes into the fray. And so we're going to talk about, do you have a money bias? And if you do, how much is it costing you? And so we're breaking down this uh, CNBC article that came out recently. It kind of analyzed a recent Morningstar study, and it found that most of us have at least one money bias, Scott, and that some of us have even more than one. But the bigger issue here is that these money biases are very possibly costing us money in our checking, savings, investing, and retirement accounts. So hopefully folks can listen into today's show, see if they might be impacted by a specific money bias. And you're going to provide us maybe with some strategies to help get that back under control and some of your favorite takeaways from this article. So what jumped out to you as some of the uh, key points of, of this particular CNBC article, which by the way, we'll link to in the uh, show notes. Yeah. So this would fall under the umbrella of behavioral investment counseling. And so that is really the art and the science of helping people make better decisions about their money and making sure that we don't make decisions uh, with emotion, myths, misunderstandings, misinformation. We talk a lot about this on the show. And so it's really getting down to the things that are factual, logical, use that data to make decisions. And the key points in this Morningstar study is that you know everyone has different attitudes about money. You know, and so when someone comes in to talk to uh, me or one of one of the advisors on the team, we really want to get into you know what is your what are your thoughts and feelings about money, and because everybody has different attitudes about it. And in this Morningstar study, it found that ninety eight percent of respondents exhibited one or more financial biases that likely are costing them money. And so we're going to talk about really three takeaways 
uh, for today uh, that really stood out in the article and I think would be beneficial. If you could kind of ponder this and really say, hey, is this, are, do I make these same uh, potential, have these same biases? And if I do, are they affecting me? But more importantly, if, I, if it is affecting me, making me make bad decisions, how do I get through this and fix it? Very good. All right. So takeaway number one was just identifying, right? First versus identification. What are those four main biases? Yeah. So how to understand the four main biases. Uh, first one is present bias. So it's tendency to go for immediate rewards over long-term goals. So you could also call this instant gratification. Now the families that we serve all over the country, uh, they are people that have figured out delayed gratification meaning they've made decisions to save money, to keep their debt in check, and they're saving for a bigger, better future. And they want to have those resources for later. And it's a balance. It's a balance of having great experiences while you're in that phase of accumulating money uh, with the thought that later on, if we amass enough resources or have enough income sources, we can really do what we want and have true financial freedom. Uh, from ha having to have a job. So that present bias, again, instant gratification. Uh, number two is base rate neglect. That sounds ominous. Uh, but that's really about judging the probability of something happening based on new information while ignoring original assumptions. And so you have data, you took it in, you've been you know, pulling this data in, and you get something new, and you're like, oh, well, I'm just going to use this new data to make all my decisions and discard all the other things that I've, I've amassed over time. And you tend to see this in investing with overselling or overbuying on the whims of bad and good news. And I can tell you that no one has a crystal ball that's accurate anyway, and we can't use the news cycle as the barometer of what we should do with our money. And I can tell when the latest thing comes out in the news cycle because the questions that we get revolve around the news of the day. I also call it the apocalypse du jour, you know, whatever the news is putting out there. And so you just want to make sure that you you have a sound, you know, de investment discipline or having a sound retirement plan, that's really going to help you stay between the guardrails and make good decisions. And number three is overconfidence. And we do see this on occasion. It's you know putting too much weight in your own abilities to make good financial decisions. And it could be like, let's say someone works in a company, they have a large concentration of company stock. And since they feel connected to that company, to that stock organization, they could be more overconfident of, you know, having so much money concentrated in that stock. And so that's just one example. So again, you want to always make good decisions. You always want to be sharpening your abilities. I myself have people around me in my life and my financial life that help me make good decisions. Now, I could probably make a lot of those decisions on my own, but I have a team of attorneys CPAs, investment advisors that look over my shoulder and make sure that I don't be overconfident and to kind of keep my my focus on what's important. And finally, loss aversion. And this is really about people who are overly fearful of losing money relative to gains. And this would be someone that you know has a tremendous amount of money in the bank because they're worried that the stock market is just a casino. 
and they, they don't want to lose any money. Well, they're not risking their principal to the market, but they're risking that principal in taxes and inflation. And so that money's not growing enough. So they're losing buying power because they have this loss aversion. That money doesn't grow. And those are just things that we want to have a good balance in life, uh, but we don't want to be controlled by these biases that we have. We need to figure out, hey, what are they? Do we have them? And if we have them, how do we fix it? How do we make life better? The interesting thing that this article then sort of took to the next level is to say, all right, it's one thing to identify these biases, but what's the consequences? Like, if I have a bias, but it's not really harming me, then what's the big deal? And they found the general takeaway was that low levels of money bias led to better financial health. At least they pointed to some specific examples like that. Oh, definitely. And and the research revealed that people who had low levels of present bias were three times as likely to spend less than their income. So they had more money coming in than more money going out. They are seven times more likely to plan ahead for the future. So really the thoughts that we have about money and the fewer biases we have, the better off we are financially. And another example that would be high level of base rate neglect and overconfidence. The people that had those biases had lower savings and checking balances. Those with loss aversion had lower 401k balances. So there's an example of, you know, they're saying, hey, I'm overconfident. I'm going to put all my money in the market because it's going to grow over time. I don't need that money on the sideline for emergencies. But people had the loss aversion. They were not willing to put money at risk to grow it over the future. So again, it just has different outcomes depending on the bias you have. The important part is to make sure that we minimize any of those biases. All right, we're talking about the CNBC article, which again, we've linked to in the description of today's show, if you want to check it out and follow along for yourself, but bringing you some of the takeaways and uh, reactions that Scott has uh, to these different uh, findings in the article. Takeaway number three was that there is a solution, and it's to build a money life that fits priorities. Uh, Now, that sounds like a little bit of like, you know, that sounds a bit mushy, Scott. So what's that mean in like realistic terms? It definitely is a little bit, especially for here in the Midwest. But really what they're talking about uh, is making sure you've got a process or a framework to slow you down and make good quality decisions. And I would take it a step further is that the families that gravitate towards us and the families that we take care of, we are here to be a sounding board for their ideas, their thoughts, and their concerns. And when someone calls, when the markets are choppy and says, hey, should we be doing something different? What they're really asking is, are we going to be okay? Is our plan on track? And they want to hear from me if what they're saying resonates with me and makes sense, or if I've got an alternative view to what's going on. And 99% of the time I have that conversation and we don't change anything. Everything stays on track and everything turns out well. And so you want to have this framework around you to help minimize the biases. Also to have someone or a team of people that's in your corner that constantly gives you information to help you make good decisions and really understand what information you're taking in. And that's what we, a lot of us really need is that filter to figure out, hey, I'm reading this article. It sounds scary. It sounds daunting. 
first question is, hey, does this really apply to me? And if it does happen to apply to you, well, does it? Really, how does it affect you? How much? And what you'll find is a lot of the things that are pushed out there don't really affect you and don't really have a big impact from the, on the day-to-day news cycle. Perfect example, in the past few months, the, the big rage is uh, these articles of the uh, new I-bonds, new I-bond interest rate. And it's high. It's over 7%. And you would think through clickbait and the media and the ads that are out there that, hey, we're going to get 7% for the rest of our lives. You know, we're going to lock this thing in. It's going to be fantastic. Now, I'm not against I-bonds. I, I think they may be um, a small portion of someone's uh, portfolio if they've got some extra money. And it's $10,000 per tax return that a family could do. But it's not 7% every year. It's going to float in the CPIU is what it is. So again, that is a blurb that goes out. It sounds great. But is it really going to affect and improve someone's life dramatically? No. Is it a good enhancement? Absolutely. In the right setting. So I'm not giving investment advice on that. But that's just an example of you know we got to make we got to make sure is is that information critical to your plan and the outcome that you're looking for? And if it's not, let's minimize it and move on to the next thing. Very good. So those are the three main takeaways from this article. Scott, any final thoughts or maybe money biases that you see most frequently among your clients that you try to address or maybe get out ahead of on a most consistent basis? And I would say you've really got to take time to be introspective, really look inward and figure out, you know, which money biases do you have in your life? And, you know, how big of an issue, you know, is money biased in today's retirees? I would say it's pretty high. And I think a lot of that has to do with the speed at which we are being been fed information. And the amount of sources of information is daunting in today's world. And so I think that's why we see potentially the biases increase because we're just bombarded, you know, by these messages. And it used to be, you know, you get the newspaper and that would be the source of information. Or you'd get in the car and turn on the radio, that would be a source of information. You'd come home, turn on the news, that would be the source of information. Well, if that's the the outlets that you have available to you, you're limited the amount of information you have to take in and sort through. Well, in today's world, that information shows up still in a newspaper, still in a TV, on the radio, on your laptop, on your desktop, and on your phone that's in your pocket. And if you think about the average screen time, it's amazing how much time people have that phone in their hand and are scrolling through and taking in information. So that's why I think more importantly today, now more than ever, we've got to stand guard at our mind and make sure that the flow of information or the diet of information that we have is good for us. It strengthens us and gets us closer to the outcome we're looking for. I think that's the real story or the real concept I want people to take away from this is now it's more easier than ever to fall for these biases, but you've got to have a process to put a a guard out there and make sure what's coming in uh, is, is good for you. 
Well, Scott, appreciate the help and uh, the analysis of this article on today's show. And if you're listening to the episode today and thinking, eh, maybe I've got a few of these money biases that I need to, to rein in, uh, that I need to talk to somebody about, not to you know be all therapist here on this show, but it can be helpful to talk these things out with experts, with somebody who has seen lots of other people battle and deal with these different biases and try to get them under control so that you can lead that better financial and retirement life. And so if you've got questions about that, want to set up a time to visit or just chit-chat with Scott and the team a little bit about what you're thinking about and uh, how you can better prepare financially for the future, give a call, 913-393-4724. That's a pretty easy way to get in touch, 913-393-4724. Also easy to go to listentoscott.com, get in touch through the website as well. Scott, appreciate the help, and uh, we'll look forward to another episode with you soon. Absolutely. All right, we appreciate it. That's Scott Dugan. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time right back here on Your Retirement Elevated. Thanks for listening. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.